Building a real estate business can be expensive, but it does not have to be. There are a lot of things that you can do to start your business off on the right foot and do it on a super small budget. This is episode six of the How To Real Estate Podcast, where we're gonna talk to you guys about exactly what you should be doing if the budget is an issue on getting your business started. And we are your hosts, Kyle Lindsay and myself, Jeremy Smith. Morning, Kyle. Good morning, sir. How are you, brother? Man, I am doing excellent today. How are you doing? Yeah, doing good, man. Doing good. I'm excited to talk about this topic because this is actually, this was my reality. (laughs) when I started my business, man. So this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Um, I started off, as you know, and you do the same thing, you know, as as Mm part-time, you know, and I have a family of six and I was the the breadwinner of the family. And we made a decision to keep my wife at home so that she could be there for the kids. And it made sense because childcare was pretty much going to be taking all of her earnings, Mm -hmm. right? We're we're just working to pay for childcare, which didn't make sense. So like, hey, let's go ahead and um, keep her at home. So as being the primary, the only um, breadwinner of the family and then trying to start a real estate business and seeing all the things that you can get into and all the expenses that you can occur, man, learning how to do this thing on a budget and a lot of it for free was a total game changer. Yeah, I think this is a trap a lot of people get into, especially people that were in situations like ours where we had another job and you have money coming in. So you think the old adage will apply. Well, you, to make money, I have to spend money. Right. And you think, well, I can buy my way into leads or I can pay for an accelerated growth. And in certain ways that's true, but in other ways it could be the thing that, that craters your business. If you do it, do it wrongly. Cause I think once again, early in our careers, you made a lot better decisions than I did because I went down some of these paths we're going to talk about that probably held me back a little bit. Absolutely. I, you know, you, you, you pay into the wrong sources, the wrong things early, and you run out of money and you have to build it back up. And how do you do that when you're not full-time real estate? Well, you have to keep grinding away at your nine to five. So yeah. I think starting your career in a very smart, more controlled, budgeted way, like we're going to talk about, I know budget is a terrible word to use, but when you do that, you actually set yourself for a lot faster growth later. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and to be honest, man, I mean, I've fallen into a lot of these monetized traps that we can fall mm-hmm. into too. In the beginning, I just didn't have it. So, and I love the fact that now looking back that that was my reality, like I mm-hmm. did not have the money. So no matter how much I wanted to do these things or how much, and, and peer pressure came into a little bit too, mm-hmm. right? I see all these other agents that are, you know, around the same level of experience as me and they're doing all these cool things and buying all these shiny objects. And man, I was a little bit jealous, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, Hey, I want that, but right. I, I just couldn't freaking afford it, man. So <laughs> out of necessity, you know, I had to find out things that I could do that were super cheap. And that's what we're going to talk to you guys about today is what are some ways that you can use to attract leads for free mm-hmm. or on a very, very low budget, what resources that you should be able to utilize from your brokerage mm-hmm. that are completely free that will bring you now business and a bunch of things that you need to absolutely avoid for now. 100%, yeah. Yeah, stick around for the later part of the episode where we talk about the services to avoid because, man, um, I fell in a few of those traps myself and they they were not fun. <laughs> yeah, episode five, we talked about sell skills, mm-hmm. right? And this is just bringing into the reality that all these other shiny objects, they've got great salespeople. Yes. Great, yes. great marketing, <laughs> great salespeople, and we are their prey. 
Yeah. And it's so easy. I'm not trying to get too far ahead of ourselves, but it's so easy to fall in that trap because they convince you, well, if you spend this much money, think about how much more you're going to make. And it's just not the reality. But so anyway, well, I'm super excited to talk about this topic. Me too, man. And and just one more note on that, that uh, point you made is that they capitalize, these different services will capitalize on our desire to get the quick and easy fix. Yes. To avoid the hard work, hey, especially if you're working a full-time job, mm-hmm. right? You're working a full-time job, you're trying to get in real estate, you want to make the transition, you need to save up a, a, an amount of money, whatever that is for you. And you want an easy button, mm-hmm. naturally, right? Yeah. We all want the easy button, and that's what these services provide. And there's a, there is a time in your career where these may be beneficial for leverage, mm-hmm. right? But in the beginning, you want to avoid them. 100%. So, yeah, excited to get into that. But first, let's go over some freeways. So what are some freeways for agents to attract leads into their business that can give them now business? So the number one way, and I'm and I am not even going, this is a hill I will die on. The absolute number one way that agents can attract leads for free that most agents are unwilling to do is call their sphere, their friends, their family, the people they actually know. So in this business, they say, or any really sales job, but for real estate, people work with you and they know you, they like you, and they trust you. Yeah. And here we have our phone full of hundreds of contacts that know us, like us, and trust us, and we refuse to call them. Right. Because it's embarrassing. And yeah. or I don't want to be, it might be awkward or, or any of that stuff. I get it. I've been there. It, it, it is scary and awkward. But that is the number one way to get free leads, free resources. Because I will tell you, the on the flip side of that embarrassment and awkwardness that prevents you making that call is the anger and the frustration you feel when you find out that that same person you were too scared to call bought or bought or sold or bought and sold and never even knew you were in real estate. Absolutely. They call that being the secret agent. Yes. Right? <laughs> You're not part of the CIA, right? You're a real estate agent. As much as I wanted to be Austin Powers as I grew up, I'm not a secret agent. <laughs> right. No, you can't be. You know, you definitely can't be. And, and that is such... A true statement. Like mm-hmm. your sphere of influence is so underutilized. Yes. You know, and there's training out there that like will tell you exactly what and how to do to tap into your sphere. I'm gonna give you guys something that I did to tap mm-hmm. into my sphere, and it was small. Like you guys may be like me, where you're new to the area. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't grow up here in the DFW Metroplex. We moved here in 2012, and I was just all about working, right? Working for mm-hmm. the railroad, and so when I got my license. In 2015, I didn't really have a whole bunch of people that I knew, you know, mm-hmm. but I didn't know some people. So what I did was I, I made a list. I, I got out a notebook and I went through all the people that I that I knew, either mm-hmm. from work or from sports or from CrossFit, whatever. I looked at the list of all the people that I knew and I wrote them down. Like mm-hmm. probably took me maybe an hour or two to compile that list. And, and I went through my phone and then I went through Facebook and just really brainstormed all the people that I knew. Then I got into the MLS and the tax records and I looked them all up. Mm-hmm. Just, and man, it gave me a lot of practice in doing and using those tools. Right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> man, I, I, I really got good at that, mm-hmm. right? Good and efficient at using those tools. So then I would look them up, get their address, put that all down. I think at that time, I don't even think I had a CRM. I think I had a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. So put them all down in that spreadsheet and then mailed them stuff mm-hmm. in the mail. And you'd be surprised 
the amount of people I would run into, they'd be like, hey, I got that thing you sent me in the mail. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. I didn't know you were in real estate, but now I know that's awesome. And now we have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And business came about that. So there's other ways too. What are some other ways people can tap into their spheres? So one of my favorites that I do now with all of my mentees when they join with us, and one of the things, the first steps I, I encourage them to do, again, few actually do this because it's it can be scary, but call every single person you know in your phone and this is the script right here. Hey, so-and-so, this is Kyle. I'm new in real estate. And my mentor is wants me to practice doing a comparative market analysis where we try to figure out the price that you could sell your house for today. Would you mind helping me and allowing me to do a practice CMA for you? Love that. Man, you are not offering to sell them anything. You are asking them for help. And what do most people love to do? They love help. to help people they know and they like. Yep. But how many times has this happened where you do the practice CMA, which you send it back to that person? So now you have their their address if you didn't have it before. You've got their email if you didn't have it before. So you can send it back to them. So again, you're filling out that information in the in the, in the CRM or your spreadsheet. And then how many times they get surprised at the value of their house and it turns into a sale? Yep. Absolutely. And it's just this fantastic marketing trick where you are asking people. So I guarantee, and again, this is another hill I'll die on. If you have over a hundred contacts in your phone and you make a hundred phone calls and you, let's say you talk to 30 people, one of those will turn into a transaction by doing that. Absolutely. There's just no way. Yep. That, that, that's such a great idea. And it's free. It's free. It is completely free. Mm -hmm. It just takes time and some courage. Yeah. Yeah. And it, honestly that you do that and Let's say, let's say the worst case scenario and I'm, and I do die on that hill and you make a, a 200 phone calls and you do 50 CMAs and no one sells their house. Well, guess what? You just got practice doing 50 real CMAs. Exactly. You're and you're going to be so much better at it by the time you get that, that person who really does need it for their house, their sale. Absolutely. And I, and that's, that's an important part to, to drive home there because when we get in the business, like we're like, hey, we're ready to go. We're licensed. Let's go get business now. And a lot of times we don't practice our skill sets, mm -hmm. right? So this is like killing two birds with one stone, Yep. right? You're marketing, you're, you're practicing those skill sets. Another thing that you can do is utilize social media. Mm -hmm. Like perception is reality. This is something that really helped me to create that perception amongst my friends on social media that I was out there killing it in the real estate business is I would post four times a day, mm -hmm. right? And is that a lot? Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> like for me now, like that's a lot of freaking posting. Um, at the time it wasn't because I was super laser focused on it, mm -hmm. right? And I didn't have the clients and I didn't have the coaching. I didn't have the training on my books. So um, I had a lot more time to do stuff like this, but posting four times a day, about different topics, like a mm -hmm. real estate post, a motivational post, a post about your family, you know, something just real, mm -hmm. you know, just four posts because people want to know, they don't just want to know that you're a real estate agent, but they want to know who you are, mm -hmm. right? And just letting them into your world is important. And then with those posts, like just listed, just sold, under contract, mm -hmm. open house, it doesn't have to be from your listing. Right. It could be from your brokerage listings, just listed. Hey, this one was just listed. You could, I mean, if you do it the right way, you can even post other brokers listings mm -hmm. if you, if you obey by all the rules. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's so many ways that you can create the perception of being the expert in real estate. And the reality is, is that when people think of a real estate agent, they think of two people. You have to be number one, own that space in their mind by being constantly in their newsfeed 
Um, and then imagine if you were to have done all three of those. Ooh. Mailed them something, mm-hmm. called them up. Hey, I just want to see if you got what I mailed you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got it. Hey, my mentor is asking me to do this, mm-hmm. right? Can I do this for you? Mm-hmm. For free, there's no obligation. I don't expect you to sell your home right, right now. It's not about that. Yeah, you can do that. Cool. And then they see you keep posting on social media. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I, I You know, there those three alone, like we have some more to talk about, but man, those three alone, I guarantee you'd get some deals in your first year. Absolutely. You know, are you going to get 80 deals off just those three? No. But so many agents go one, maybe even two full years that they're never getting their first deal. Yeah. And it's just because they're scared to take those first action steps. So uh, absolutely. This is great. So that's a three freaking really foolproof ways yes. to tap into your SOI. You know, we will do another uh, full episode on social media because that's such a wide and broad topic to hit as agents. But for, for now, I just know that that's a free resource. Of course, we all know about social media. We don't need to go beat that, beat that horse too bad, but utilizing that properly is a key to getting off the ground early and it's so easy to do. So, but what's another great tactic for free to attract leads? Man, there's a bunch, but I really want to dial in on open houses, Mm. open houses. So I think it's important for listeners to understand the philosophy behind an open house. One, are you going to sell that house? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Right, the odds are that you're not going to sell that house by doing an open house. But the purpose of you doing an open house is for you to to gain leads. Mm-hmm. Like like one of the purposes you are trying to sell that house. Don't right. get me wrong. But while you're there, I mean, the chances are the more people that not that come in or not that house isn't going to work for them. Right. So capitalize on that opportunity to get leads. Right. And then there's so much that you can do around the open house. Mm-hmm. Right. And open house is completely free. It takes time. And it takes some effort setting it up and breaking it down and doing your follow-up and all that stuff. But uh, it is one of my favorite activities to do, to get in front of people now, keeping the right mindset, doing the open house at your storefront. Mm-hmm. You're there to create an experience for not only the homeowners who you're you're in their home and trying to sell it, but also creating an experience for the people in the neighborhood that are seeing your signs creating experience for the people that are coming into the open house that's memorable and doing that open house in particular ways. And we could do a whole podcast topic on how to kill that at an open house. But that would be my my second thing, you know, in addition to SOI would be the open houses. Yeah. Open houses are not dead. I know I hear that from certain agents and they think open houses are don't, you know, they're, they're only dead because you're, you're doing them wrong. Mm-hmm. So yeah, say, stay tuned. I just wrote that down too. So we'll do another episode just all about how to kill it at an open house. Yeah. But you really can't discount the face-to-face contact over and over and over again. We hear agents say, well, I'm not great on the phone or I'm not great at this, but I'm really good face-to-face. Well, well how do you create an opportunity for people to meet you face-to-face? Well, open house is probably the best one. Yeah. And the reason it's one of the best ones, obviously, is because people come into the open house and they meet you. But if you just put your signs up and you just show up at the time you said you're going to be, but you don't actually do some of these things we're going to talk about next to promote the open house, no one may show up. And this is, again, where open houses become so powerful because there is there is a synergy between the efforts you put into marketing the open house and actually being at the open house. So the first one I want to go into is door knocking. Yeah. Now this is, I know I'm just stole your bread and butter here because <laughs> Jeremy built a big part of his career on door knocking in the neighborhood. But when you, again, you're creating an opportunity to be face to face with someone yeah. 
and to build a relationship and invite them to your open house. You're not there selling them something. Yeah, you want them to eventually be your client, but you're not being pushy. You're not trying to sell them on something they don't want. You are inviting them to an experience at the open house. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're selling them on the experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So it is selling. Yeah. Right. It's selling them on the experience. Come, come enjoy this experience with us. But yeah, door knocking for sure. That's when done right is just as fruitful as an open house Mm -hmm. and you can stack these things. Right. I guess it's open house hacking, right? (laughs) (laughs) You could, you could stack these activities where you're going to do an open house. So, you know, house you're doing, you plan early enough, then you door knock around that particular open house. What are some other things that that uh, agents can do in relation to an open house that would be free to get people to show up? So the next thing that I would recommend doing is circle prospecting. Okay. Now, door knocking is part of circle prospecting, but the one that I really think about when I say that is, is phone calls. Right. And so all of your MLSs, no matter where you are in the country, should have a way to look up these phone numbers. If you don't, title companies near you should also have access to that information. It's mostly public record, but here in DFW, we use uh, the Netris MLS and we have access to Remind. I know a lot of people have access to that across the nation. Remind is fantastic at looking up owner information, getting phone numbers and making those phone calls, just cold call them. Right. And once again, you're going to get a lot of people that don't answer. You might get a few that are angry with you for cold calling them, but you are going to connect with some people if you make enough phone calls and get them invited to that open house and build a relationship with them. Absolutely. You know, it's funny because I think like in an hour, depending on how many phone conversations you make, but in an hour, you can make about, if you're circle prospecting with a single line dollar, you probably you can make probably like 50, mm-hmm. like around 50 phone calls in an hour. So imagine if you spent four hours a day doing that, mm-hmm. and that's 20 hours a week. And from those efforts, let's just say you made one sale mm-hmm. and your commission was 10 grand. You just made ten grand worth of off of twenty hours of work. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. That's not bad. I'll no. take I'll take that every day of the week. Heck yeah, <laughs> heck yeah, man! I'm not a mathematician, but somebody please do the math and figure out what that is per hour. Five hundred dollars an hour. Well, the mathematician is sitting right next to me. <laughs> That's why I don't need to be one. I got Kyle's support. But yeah, five hundred bucks an hour. Like, mm-hmm. what what um, industry makes that? Yeah. And how much schooling do you need to? have, mm-hmm. you know, to, to do that. So, you know, it's all, a lot of it is mindset stuff too, you mm-hmm. know, have faith, trust in the process. But so we have, um, open house and door knocking for the open house, circle prospecting for the open house. And I will add to that. Now this is not completely free. This is going to cost you some money, but making sure that you are very purposeful with where and how many signs you put up. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of an open house. You know, I see agents all the time that don't do their open houses right. They have one sign in the front yard of that house that says open house. And there's yeah. no signs like directional signs in the in the neighborhood or mm-hmm. on the main street or any of that. And they don't they don't tend to get very good uh, turnouts. Well, it's funny. One of the agents on the team was telling a story uh, a few weeks ago where she door knocked and she did some circle prospecting and she put the open house on social media as an event and did all of the promotion tactics we teach and had a great turnout. And right down the street, maybe three or four houses down was another agent who didn't have any signs out. It, I'm not even sure it was in the, even in the MLS. Um, I mean, hopefully it was, but um, she said that the only reason she saw people going to that open house was because of all the promotions she did. 
And it just goes to say, like, some people would come to her open house and tell her, like, well, we didn't even know about the other one down the street, but now that we're here, we saw it. Wow. And it's like, if our agent hadn't done their open house, that other agent would have just wasted her time. I know. She would have shown up for two, three hours. No one would have stopped by. Yeah. And she would have thought, open houses don't work. Yeah. Way to ride the coattails of somebody who's actually putting in the work. <laughs> Damn, that's a strategy, I guess. Right? There you go. <laughs> that's another free way to generate So leads. if you're looking for a good turnout to your open house, look for the, the Smith team open houses in DFW right. and just try to do one down the street. Yeah, do one <laughs> close by and just ride our coattails. We're okay with that. Yeah, We're okay that's fine. That. We'll help you out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so let I think we should move on. What do you think? Yeah. Let's go to a new topic. Okay, so this is a good one, but this is not – equal for everybody. You may or may not have these options available to you, but utilizing the resources that are already provided by your broker Mm -hmm. is another way to get free now business. Now, the caveat to that is that some of these things are going to cost you money later. Mm -hmm. And in the sense of, of either higher splits or referral fees. So our brokerage has partnerships with several different companies that generate leads online and then they refer those leads out to agents and they collect hefty referral fees. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's 30%, sometimes it's 40% or somewhere in between there. Mm-hmm. I just saw one yesterday. I think there was there was 40%. But if your brokerage has these resources, tap into them. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you rather close a deal and give a 35% referral fee than not close a deal? Right. And it's it's marketing that this other company is providing to help you get the business. And that's why they're charging a referral fee for it. But as a newer agent or somebody that's part-time, you know, trying to transition over, this is money in your pocket, Mm -hmm. right? So, so these can be very, very beneficial as you build up capital, Mm -hmm. right? You're, you're closing these deals, pay the referral fee, focus on the relationship that you're creating with the new client, right? What are the chances that that client even though you paid a 35% referral fee to, let's say, Prime Street, mm-hmm. what are the chances that that client has friends or family here locally that they may refer to you if you did a really good job? Yeah. And then there's there's no referral fee on that. Right. That's that's you, right? That's based off your effort. So utilizing those programs is huge. But there's a couple other programs that your broker may or may not have, Kyle, that you wanted to kind of tap into. Well, to touch real briefly again on those referral programs is – is the idea behind those is that they're sending you hot leads. So especially early in your career where your sales skills may not be quite as developed, it's nice to have someone else who is vetting these leads and sending you hot leads. That's why you're paying such a hefty referral fee. That's a good point. Um, The other thing to think about is the lifetime value. I see so many agents not use these programs because of the referral fee, and they're only thinking of the one transaction. Mm -hmm. Whereas you just alluded to, there's there's could be referrals – immediately from the, these people if you're doing your strategies right and asking for the referrals. But lifetime value, they say if you can follow up and and, and stay with the client properly, on average, it, each client is seven transactions. Wow. So would you not pay 35% on the first one to get six more? Absolutely. And possibly, again, if they have any other referrals, that's six, seven more each time. That's, that's how you build a long-lasting business is it expands as you go. So just to hit, just to hit on that real quick, but another service the brokers could offer, you know, our brokerage offers this, but they definitely have partnered with a lot of companies that do relocation and REO. Right. And so if you are certified in their program, um, you get a ton of relo leads and REO leads. 
Now, again, this may not be the best money in the world because reload companies notoriously charge large fees as well. But most of the time, and I'd say probably 99% of the time, you're paying these fees at closing. Right. So there's nothing up front for you to pay out of your pocket as you may not have a ton of the business. And just like we just talked about, if you do well for these programs, I know some clients or some agents that just build their whole business as an REO agent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Same thing with Relo. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you, so when you work with the Relo, if you guys don't know what that is, it's, it's companies that are paying for their employees to relocate from one place to another. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're a relocation agent, um, you're getting these incoming folks. And, and a lot of times what I've seen is these are well-established folks in their, in their careers, mm-hmm. right? They, they've got discretionary funds, like they're buying a house, they're buying quick, they're making quick decisions. Maybe they're selling a house. And yeah, you're going to pay money in the referral fee part at closing so it doesn't come out of your pocket right away. But again, the life of the business, mm-hmm. right? Keep that into consideration. They have other folks at that company that, that may be just moving locally and not using a relocation company. Mm-hmm. Maybe they need a bigger house or they need a smaller house. Or when they relocate again, they're going to call you back. Mm-hmm. You know, and usually the more of these things you do, the, the more dialed in your systems and processes will be to work with the relocation company and it'll be less work. You mm-hmm. know, that's one of the downsides of relocation is it is a lot more work than your typical buy or sell transaction, especially on the sell side. A lot more work, a lot more chiefs to answer to, but there's such a good opportunity for continued business. And there's a lot of people that have built their businesses solely off relocation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a ton of money there. And again, these are hot leads. These are not leads you have to really do any conversion on. They have to move. Right. So they're ready to go. Um, you know, and, and another way that I think you can really utilize your brokerage is tap into the broker's network. Mm-hmm. We're talking about referrals. It would be unwise to not use the broker's network for incoming and outgoing referrals. Absolutely. I mean, who doesn't want to get paid for not really doing any work? Just, right. just really putting two people together. So this takes a little bit of market knowledge. You know, is your market a destination market or a market people are leaving? Yeah. Maybe it's both. Maybe you're you're in one of those markets that has a lot of people coming and going. Well, it would be wise of you to re- do some research, maybe like census.gov or wherever you can find migration patterns. Do a little bit of research here and figure out the markets that people in your market are either going to or coming from. Right. Reach out through your broker's network, whatever brokerage you're with, reach out. It's so much easier to call when you're part of the same brokerage. Hey, I'm also with XYZ Brokerage. Um, you know, hey, your city has a lot of people coming and going to my city. Let's connect. If you have any referrals, hit me up and I'll do the same thing. And now when you meet people, someone who's moving, it's not like, okay, well, I can't really do much for you. Now it's like, oh, hey, I know an agent. Let me connect you to, and now you get a referral fee. Absolutely. So that's another great free resource that your brokerage can help you with. Absolutely. And some brokers, I mean, this is kind of a little bit further down the line, but some brokers also have other ways through other vendors of, of making income. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and what I'm referring to is like your like America's preferred home warranty mm-hmm. with our brokerage. If, if you have somebody that uses them, they're going to give you 75 bucks. Mm-hmm. Right. There's utility connect concierge, right. Mm-hmm. That you can earn additional income off of. So while these are really geared towards, Hey, here's a way to get now business. The reason why we want now business is because we want now money. Right. Right. So be open to exploring these other options that your brokerage may offer that would help pad your bank account so that you can go full-time sooner rather than later if that's your goal. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. 
Well, let's get into the things to stay away from. We know we talked, we promised we would talk about that. So <laughs> what are some things that agents that are trying to build their business on a budget absolutely must stay away from until they get more established? So services you want to stay away from, man, there's so many here because I, I think we can all agree. I think real estate agents might be the most marketed to group of all time. I, I just... I can't think of anyone else. I received so many marketing phone calls. You would think I was the sickest person in the world with how many healthcare (laughs) phone calls I get all the time. Yes. So it's super easy to fall into these traps because these people have fantastic marketing. They have an army of salespeople making these cold calls. It all sounds so beneficial too. Like, hey, you spend X, you're going to get more. But that's not usually the reality, right? right? It's, it's, you know, if you go back to listen to our last episode – these people are don't have your best interest at heart. They may think they do, but most of the time they just they're trying to get that subscription revenue. Um, so anyway, sorry, I'm waxing a little bit here. So, but I think the first thing to do, um, and this has a little bit to how you choose your broker, but don't pick up an extra CRM, mm-hmm. especially not in the beginning. Most major brokerages today they have a CRM for you. Right. Use it. Please. Use that in the beginning. You know, later on after you get established and you have. 10, 15, 20 plus transactions a year, that's when you might start really thinking, does this CRM meet all of my needs? And if not, how can I supplement that or just switch to a new one entirely? But in the beginning, why would you not use something that you're already paying for when you don't have any money to pay for it? Yeah, absolutely. So racking up that credit card debt. Yes. that That's a, such a good one. And not just that, or to add to that, actually use the CRM. Yes. Please. Like that's your friend. <laughs> you know, spreadsheets are outdated. Um, I use spreadsheets. We didn't have CRMs as, as freely as they have them now. You know, mm-hmm. at least we, it wasn't great. But use a CRM. You, you absolutely need to use a CRM. I would I would um, encourage agents to stay away from paid social media ad services. Mm, yes. There's a ton of them out there. And they'll say, hey, we're going to, you know, advertise for you. We'll guarantee you X amount of leads. And, and a lot of them will, will deliver. You know, mm-hmm. they'll deliver. There's a lot more knowledge on how to successfully run these social media ads now than there was years ago. And the people that are in this industry are actually pretty darn good at it for mm-hmm. the most part. So you can hire some very effective people. But what you probably don't have in the beginning of your business is the know-how on follow-up and how to, how to sell, you know, on the phone. Right. Mm-hmm. And set appointments to conduct those appointments and how to convert basically those right. those leads. And so what's going to happen is you pay for these services. You're going to get a bunch of leads. You're going to call a few of them. They're going to be renters. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Then you may talk to a few that are are wanting to buy and they've got bad credit. Mm-hmm. They're not eligible. Right. And then you're going to start to get discouraged and you're going to say these leads are horrible. I'm wasting all this money. Mm-hmm. Your mindset is going to shift like those leads I think industry average is like 1% conversion rate Yeah, on those sort of leads. So you've got to be prepared to make a lot of phone calls for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a process for follow-up. There's statistics that say, hey, you got to follow up, you know, 15 times before you even establish communication. You need to know all of that and be okay with it before you start running these ads. So that's that would be my number one thing is stay away from those services because they're going to charge you for what they're doing Plus, you have to pay for your ad spend. Yeah. And it would take time for you to see any sort of return on on that. So stay away. 
Yeah, that, that's the thing that they never tell you is the time frame of conversion on most of the leads is so long. Most agents think they're going to start paying for leads and immediately get business. And right. it, I mean, industry average, I think, is 12 to 18 months to convert a lot of those leads. Yeah. You know, and if you can stay with it a long time, you take that 1% conversion, maybe up to a 10% conversion. Right. But you, it's the long game. So, yeah, that's great. Um, so along those same lines, DIY paid ads. So you say, okay, well, the service is too expensive. Maybe I'll just do it myself. Right. And you think I can watch some YouTube videos, maybe some TikTok videos and show me how to set these ads up and do it. Well, one, your ads are going to suck. Yeah, so for sure. Just put it out there. You're you're brand new to it. Unless you have a marketing background, your copy isn't going to be very good. Your images aren't going to be very good. This takes a lot of practice and testing and and trial and error to get really good at it. Um, and I'm not saying you won't ever get good at it, but in the beginning, you're going to be throwing a lot of money away. And then when you just what we talked about, when you get the lead, you're not going to know what to do with them. Exactly. So exactly. so don't waste your money in the beginning on any sort of paid ads. No, they they have their. Their value for sure. Yes, you've just have have to have the the skills and the systems in place to support it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say another thing for me, and I don't know if this is still a thing because I've never done it, but I've heard of other folks doing it, is paying for leads through these popular home search websites, mm-hmm. Zillow, Realtor.com, um, whatever one other ones are out there. But I've talked to agents that are spending three grand, five grand, seven grand a month on these sources and, and some of them do well, mm-hmm. you know, some of them do well with them, but it wasn't right away, no. you know? So if, if that is something that you're considering, I would say, hold off on that. And, and again, until you get the systems and the skill set in place to be able to service those leads and, and also the understanding that those are not always going to be a now thing. It's going to take time as you follow up with those leads to be able to convert them. Yeah, if you are not willing to call your sphere or circle prospect for an open house, do not pay for leads because you got you have to call them. Mm-hmm. You have to talk to them on the phone. Um, man, that is such a good one. Now, I I personally um, did do the realtor.com leads when I first started, and that's one of the pitfalls I fell into. Um, you know, And at the time, so I'm, I'm like, I'm checking boxes here. My <laughs> brokerage I first started with was tiny. They didn't have a CRM, so I paid for my own CRM. Then I started paying for realtor.com leads. I had a almost 2000 a month spend and I wasn't making any money. Right. And so when I finally first got my first deal through realtor.com, cause I, cause three months in, someone finally told me, Oh yeah, you should be calling those people immediately. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. I thought I'd send them a couple text messages or something and, and nobody, they would you know, call you. yeah, exactly. These are <laughs> like, what are they doing there? There's, I thought they were interested in the house. People like people are dumb. Yeah. So <laughs> After six months of paying for leads, I got my first couple of deals and it, I broke even. And that's when I realized I'm, I'm not, this isn't right. Yeah. And I cut it, cut the service off. I'm lucky. I'm fingers. I mean, fingers crossed. I'm lucky that I broke even. Yeah. But I know a lot of agents that don't and they, they're in the hole on this. Yeah. Credit card debt or whatever. And they never even got a deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's, it's sad. It's very discouraging, Mm -hmm. you know, for, for these agents to start spending all this money and they're getting nothing in return. And, and I mean, there's just so much psychology that goes into that. Now their focus is on money. Right. Right. And when you start chasing money, it starts running from you. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're not focused on skill set. It just, it's a road I wouldn't go down um, right away. Do these, do these websites provide value and are people building businesses based off of the mm-hmm. ads they're running and the, the leads are paying for? Absolutely. Oh yeah. I know 
team leaders and broker owners that are just killing it with these sources. Yeah. You know, so I'm not saying that they don't work or we are not saying that they right. don't work. Just remember, this is not for you when you're starting out. Yeah. If you're, or we're talking maybe six months or less, you know, I mean, maybe longer if you haven't developed your skill sets, but hundred percent when you're first starting six months or less in, just don't do it. Right. Like you just, you, you're not going to be able to convert these like you think you are. Exactly. Exactly. And another thing that I see agents doing a lot and they don't, I don't know if they don't realize it or maybe they're just not taking the advice they're being given is they're doing mailers like on big scales, mm. like, Hey, pick a farm area. Great. Okay. Well they pick a home, you know, a farm area that's got a thousand homes in it mm-hmm. and they want to send mailers to all of them. And so they send mailers and they maybe deplete their budget one or two times. Mm-hmm. And then they're done, right? Yeah. Hey, nobody called me, nobody responded, so now I didn't get any money. So this was a waste of my money, mm-hmm. and and it's down the drain. Well, what you need to know is mailers do work. Mm-hmm. It just takes consistency and time, right? It's a marathon mm-hmm. that approach, especially if you're talking about farming an area, especially an area if you're competing with other agents, right? Right? You, your message has to be on point. You've got to be consistent. There's a learning curve to it, and Getting into that right away is probably not beneficial. Now, if you're going to do a small area, that may make more sense, but there's some things to consider there too, like what's the turnover, right? Right. What, are, what is going to be the return on what you're doing? So I would say that, you know, stop or do not send large bulk mailers out to a big area without understanding the, the, game, the game plan behind it. Yeah, no, I had fantastic advice. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And what I'm hearing here for a lot of these is people want the easy button. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they want to hit it and they they want they think, you know, I'll spend $800, $1,000 on mailers and out of that I'll get two or three deals and right. it'll pay for itself. Mm-hmm. And it's just the lack of knowledge on what it takes to be successful with those strategies is what's really lacking. Right. So, right. yeah, great advice. Um, and it all goes back really to what we talked about in the beginning here, and you mentioned this, mm-hmm. getting people to know you like you, trust you, mm-hmm. right? And that's why your sphere of influence is the number one thing, right? Because they already know you, they already like you, they probably already trust you. Mm-hmm. You need to capitalize on that. These other ways, you can get people to know you by doing your, your ads. You know, you can get people to know you by sending out mailers, but to get them to like you and to trust you takes time, mm-hmm. right? You've already invested the time in your SOI. They already know you. Like you've known them for years or however long you've known them. That's a lot easier of a sell than these other folks. And it's a lot cheaper of a sell as, as well. So remember to uh, re- just remember that concept, you know, mm-hmm. that getting people to know you like you, trust you, and put that principle into play when you're making your decisions on what you're mm-hmm. going to be spending your time and your efforts on. Um, for getting new business. Yeah, that's fantastic. So to recap all of this, looking at it, if you want now business for free, we've outlined some strategies to do that. Open houses, circle prospecting, door knocking, calling your sphere. These are all ways to earn quick now business. Um, because if you make all of those phone calls consistently, it's just a matter of time before you get that. Also, moving on down is utilize the free resources your broker is giving you the referral networks, um, the referral fee services that will provide you leads. Utilize these in the beginning or keep you build a business around them if you want to. But these are fantastic free resources that most agents overlook because it takes some time. You got to make the phone calls. You got to connect with people. 
you have to put in more time early when you don't have the money to do it. And then stay away from the long-term lead strategies because they cost a lot of money. And if you don't have a good deal flow or pipeline yet, you're going to be spinning your wheels and you're not going to have the skills to convert them in the beginning. We're not saying don't ever do them. Just wait until you've already got some of these now business strategies a little bit more locked in and under your belt and you've built up a pipeline of business, then maybe start layering in some advertising services, some what we like to call the long-term lead strategies, kind of building your pipeline. Absolutely. And remember, guys, there's no easy button. Correct. This this industry is tough. You guys probably already know that if you've been <laughs> in it for a bit. It, it takes diligence. It takes persistence. It, it takes a, a strong mindset. Like, you, you really got to learn this stuff. And the best way to do it is, in my opinion, are these free ways that you can go out there and get now business. So if you guys are interested in learning more about open houses, we have an open house checklist that we can provide to you. Email us at the how to real estate podcast at Gmail, mm-hmm. and we will get you that open house checklist so that you're not forgetting things and that you're making sure that you're doing the open house the right way to maximize the time and convert more leads. Nothing is worse than doing an open house, walking away with nothing. So email us for that. And what else you got? You got anything else, Kyle? That's it. You guys watch that pocketbook early on. It's easy to spend uh, spend your way out of the business. And just to give you guys a little bit of inspiration, I built my business as a part-time agent the first year, 100% free efforts, didn't spend any money. It was years actually before I spent any money on marketing. And my first full year in the business, I closed 41 transactions with a full-time job. So this stuff is definitely effective. You've got to do it right. Take the time to learn it, strategize, be consistent, be intentional in your business. Hey, if you're finding this content useful, be sure to hit that like button and maybe uh, send us a comment of some of your best strategies to save money as a brand new real estate agent. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to episode number six of the How to Real Estate podcast. If you have not already done so, please subscribe. We are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple iTunes, and we are also on Instagram and TikTok. So look us up. Let us know what content we can provide for you that would help you grow in your real estate business. And we are out.